A recent court case showed the consequences to a contractor that had less than optimal cybersecurity, but represented itself to the government as being up to snuff. Every defense contractor ought to know about this one. Joining me in studio with the details, attorney Robert Metzger, a partner at Rogers Joseph O'Donnell and co-author of the MITRE Deliver Uncompromised report. Rob, good to have you back. Thanks. Tell us about this case. Who is the contractor? Who sued whom? And what happened? So the case was uh, decided by a federal court in uh, Sacramento. And the defendant was uh, Aerojet, a maker of uh, propulsion systems for NASA and for DOD. And the case was brought by a fellow named uh, Marcus. Uh, He had been hired for a little bit more than a year, over 2014 and 2015, to be the, the managing director responsible for cybersecurity. And his allegations were that Aerojet uh, knowingly misled NASA and the Department of Defense about uh, the status of its cybersecurity. Uh, he was in a position to know, I and mean, he was the guy responsible. And he was able to come up with evidence that showed that, uh, that Aerojet had done studies that showed it had a low percentage of, uh, of accomplishment. And he alleged that uh, Aerojet uh, failed to share with the government what it knew about its uh, areas of cyber noncompliance. So essentially, he was a whistleblower. He definitely was a whistleblower. And the case was brought under the False Claims Act. Sometimes we call this uh, quitam statute, where individual whistleblowers can essentially act in the name of the government and bring suits for fraud against defense contractors. So Marcus himself brought the suit, not NASA and the Defense Department. Exactly right. He brought the suit, and after an investigation of a year or two, the Department of Justice declined to participate. But Marcus proceeded. Aerojet moved to dismiss the case at the early stage of the pleading, and the court said no. The court said that Marcus had enough particular allegations to survive this motion to dismiss and so this case is going to proceed further to discovery and potential, potentially to trial. And just a quick question, was Marcus paying for his own legal fees here? Well, yes and no. I mean, Marcus hired uh, counsel to represent him, and he is paying for that. But in this situation, a successful whistleblower can recover a sizable fraction of any award that may be made against the company. Most of the award goes to the government, but the whistleblower gets a share of it. And, and in a case like this, the, the damages conceivably could be enormous. And so the payoff— Millions. M- millions, potentially. The payoff to Marcus could be quite sizable, and the payoff to his lawyer, sizable as well. And the government declined to participate, even though it, that is the Defense Department and NASA, have statutory responsibility for cybersecurity in the supply chain. Well, that's exactly right, and that's an interesting point. You know, we don't know why the Department of Justice declined. My own view is that cybersecurity is critically important, but it's really complex. I don't think that it should be left to whistleblowers or to the private bar or to bounty hunters, qui tam relators. I don't think that's the best way, the right way to enforce these obligations because that essentially takes something that's very difficult and important and it moves it out of the domain of people who know best how to do it and have means to enforce it, and it essentially puts it into the hands of private lawyers and the courts. Sure. Well, before we get to all of that, what is the status of the case at this point? So the court decided in in May that the uh, whistleblower could proceed. And so I assume that the case is now proceeding through discovery. It could head to trial. And the way these cases work is that uh, 
even if there are no actual damages to the government, the theory of this case is that every invoice that Aerojet submitted, potentially over a period of a couple of years, on any DOD or NASA contract was itself the product of some misrepresentation or fraud. And the whistleblower may, may claim uh, damages of between, I think, five dollars and $11,000 per invoice. And if you start to total those things up over a number of years, you're getting into big numbers. We're speaking with Robert Metzger, a partner at Rogers, Joseph O'Donnell, and co-author of the MITRE Deliver Uncompromised report. And they could also be, I guess, suspended or debarred because you could argue, I suppose, that if their cybersecurity is that bad, they are no longer responsible as a supplier? That's another good question, and the answer is no and yes. The reason that the answer is no is that this action is being pursued in the name of the government, but by this private whistleblower. So no matter what happens as a consequence of this action, even if there is a jury trial and a verdict against Aerojet, that doesn't actually compel the government to do anything other than to get the dominant share of any damages recovered by the whistleblower. However, DOD is taking many current actions to try to impose upon contractors more rigor and more oversight about this very issue of actual cybersecurity. And so there has been discussion of making minimal cyber compliance a necessary prerequisite to being a responsible contractor. And it certainly is possible that knowing or willful failure to fulfill promises of adequate cybersecurity, that could be eventually a cause for department or suspension. But that's an action that the government has to take, not a private whistleblower with a private lawyer. Sure. And I guess for the government, too, it needs to think of this not simply as a compliance exercise because their stories are legion of federal government and especially Defense Department's own data that is in the hands of contractors being purloined. By foreign powers. I mean, it's not just a compliance question Absolutely or a theory. Right. But here, so let's let's start with all the reasons that you're right, and then let's ask the question: What's the best way to deal with it? It continues to be a chronic problem that data of the Department of Defense and of its contractors is being lost to theft by cyber actors. Typically, China is the cyber actor. Some senior DoD officials have estimated that the value of information stolen by China is in the trillions of dollars. And, you know, the bleeding has not stopped. Compliance is never enough. Compliance is not the same as adequate security. But from the company's standpoint, you want to be in compliance and you do not want to be exposed to the possibility of years of litigation and millions of dollars in just legal fees and potentially millions of dollars in damages because you can't be perfectly compliant. Key point Cyber is incredibly hard. Right now, the government has 110 individual safeguards that you're supposed to meet, and companies are trying. But if the proposition is that you must be absolutely perfect in all 110, or else you're exposed to a fraud suit, well, no one is, in fact, absolutely perfect as to all 110. And even those who could claim to be for a moment in time could find the situation change tomorrow because the threat changes and new vulnerabilities emerge. And new, new techniques become available. So it's a dynamic landscape. My point is that companies must do better than compliance. But they shouldn't be facing the threat of these massive lawsuits, taking years of time, putting money into the hands of outside counsel. The money is better spent on security. So there could be some perhaps statutory protection for companies that are not 
that are above compliance, but not perfect, whatever that might be. Yeah. So in an article I wrote about this recently, I made a couple of suggestions. One is that Congress might actually need to look at the False Claims Act and to say that in this distinctly important and difficult area, we should not allow for the present time private individuals to bring False Claims Act. I think there could be a place for the False Claims Act if there's an extreme set of circumstances, but it ought to be the United States through the Department of Justice that pursues the case. Now, I've also said that we could look to some changes in regulation or maybe just policies from DOD. You're right, Tom. Companies need a safe harbor. They need to know what it is that they can do, that they can afford, that is practicable and it is measurable, which will remove them from the threat of this massive liability. And that can be done in a number of ways. If the government said today as a formal policy statement, a company that is in good faith trying to understand its cyber weaknesses and working to correct them, cannot be sued under the False Claims Act, that would be a great help. Because one of the key issues in this case is what we call materiality. And that is this. Is it material to the government's decision to enter into the contract that you did not have perfect compliance with all 110 cyber safeguards? If the government says trying hard and in good faith is enough, well, that helps to show that a less-than-perfect cyber status today isn't material to the government's decision to give you that next contract. Is the Aerojet situation, do you think, unique? Or is this something, the condition that Aerojet had is probably common across the defense enterprise? Well, I would say the answer again, Tom, is yes and no. The facts in, in this case, the Marcus case as it's called, were kind of a perfect storm. There was an expert who was in a position of responsibility at the company, who was right at the core of all the activities and knew everything and had all the documents about what the company was and wasn't doing. And and the facts that are alleged, you know, show some pretty extreme misbehavior. Reports being prepared for the company that showed a low percentage of cyber accomplishment being deliberately concealed or misrepresented. Now, I have to stress that this decision was not on the merits. It was just at the preliminary stage of the pleadings. But what's in those pleadings is kind of alarming. You're not going to see too many cases where there are such extreme facts. But if the issue is whether other companies are exposed to a contention that they do not deliver adequate security by meeting all 110 requirements, the answer is yes. There are very few companies, if any, who can actually claim and document perfectly that they are in 100% compliance. All right. So two points then. Marcus might not be the ideal vehicle for this, but he's really doing the whole industry a big favor. And second, there's got to be some sort of a middle ground here that nobody has able to stake out yet. Well, I like our pattern. No and yes. I don't think he's doing industry a big favor, but he has gotten industry's attention. I post pretty regularly on LinkedIn. I typically get 1,000 or 2,000 posts for substantive comments. When I posted just this case a day or two after it came out, there were more than 10,000 views of it within a matter of just a week or two. Why? Because the prospect of liability, either to lawyers or whistleblowers, that gets everybody's attention. And that means that you'd better pay more attention to cybersecurity and to the documentation of your compliance. But on the other hand, Putting companies in terror 
of their exposure to private whistleblower suits, I don't think that's the effective or right or efficient way to get this job done. All right, so everybody wake up. In the meantime, Robert Metzger, a partner at Rogers, Joseph O'Donnell, and co-author of the MITRE Deliver Uncompromised Report, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks very much. We'll post a link to more information and to this report at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. (coughs) Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. Ricola. It's in our nature. Hey, hon, what you doing with your fun? Do flowers have best friends? I don't know. Hey, look. Whoa. Some answers can only be found in nature. Discover the unsearchable. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a trail near you. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council.